Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It's time now from Why It Matters. So, Singapore has recently unveiled a new special work visa in a bid to lure more workers from across the world. The visa is dubbed the Overseas Networks and Expertise Pass, or One Pass. It's a personalized pass that aims to attract worldwide talent across all sectors here to Singapore. The ministry has said that these talents must possess valuable networks as well as deep skills and expertise to contribute to Singapore and Singaporeans. And in a recent parliament statement, Manpower Minister Tan Si Leng has also sought to clarify details about the new program. Minister Tan says the applicants for the One Pass must have a fixed monthly salary of 30000 and above from a single employer or they must have outstanding achievements in arts and culture, sports and research and academia. Now, in addition, the minister said the one pass has a five-year duration where even spouses of the special visas are granted a letter of consent to work. So how can this potentially impact Singapore's job market? Well, on the line with me this morning is Pui Lim Yo, Managing Director for Glintz. Good morning, Pui Lim. Good morning, Elliot. Thanks for having me. So let's talk a little bit about the new one pass. Tell us a bit about some of the details, you know, the eligibility and safeguards. What are your opinions around it? Um, yeah, thanks for a lot for that question. I, I think the um, the one pass is uh, we expected at, at Glint, uh, being a business really at the heart of our recruitment and helping Singapore businesses with their talent needs. We see the one pass as uh, actually quite an attractive development in Singapore's um, talent landscape. Sure enough, I think uh, the salary bar of $30,000 that you mentioned is very high. We Our opinion on that is that this will basically be uh, applicable or targeting executives at the very highest levels of business. So we're talking about your know, heads of business units. We're talking about partner level um, positions in professional services businesses. We're also talking about tech professionals at the leadership level. Uh, but we think this is a positive development. We think it will actually be very positive in addressing the talent crunch in Singapore and Southeast Asia. We think this will also probably have an impact in decision-making by international and regional companies to take advantage of the past in considering rebasing or basing their leadership positions here in Singapore. And we think uh, specifically where technology is concerned, and you know, Lynn, as a business, we are very focused on technology and digital hiring. We think this is a very positive step towards enhancing Singapore and Southeast Asia as a hub for technology talent. Mm. I know you mentioned some of the positions that this could help to fulfill and you did briefly talk about, you know, trying to fill the gaps in technology talent. But when we say talent crunch, what exactly are the areas of talent that we want? I I think uh, I talk about technology talent because I think in the last few years, um, there's been a very pronounced uh, demand and supply mismatch, especially Mm. with technology talent Mm. concern. Essentially, demand is far outstripping uh, supply and even in recent months with um, shifts in the technology sector, that hasn't really changed that significantly. Because while some of the bigger technology companies from, let's say, international markets like the US have been announcing hiring freezes or layoffs, what's actually happening is that in the broader economy, digital transformation shifts are still meaning that. Uh, large enterprises across different industries are still in very much in need 
of uh, technology skills. Okay. So the demand supply uh, mismatch continues to, to be there. And the one path as a, um, as a development, I think it's very good in targeting the most senior and leadership levels uh, of that vertical. However, it's also not a silver bullet because I think the demand supply asymmetry applies across um, all levels of seniority. So while the one pass may address the senior levels of that gap, I think the mid-junior levels will still continue to require more creative solutions such as tapping onto talent pools in and around Southeast Asia to supplement Mm. In terms of the short-term sort of impacts, what have we seen so far? What are you observing on the ground? What are we hearing is uh, right now is that there are actually uh, small as well as large enterprises which have started to take an interest in the one part. I can give an example. Okay. Uh, we are in stations, for example, with a fairly well-known uh, Taiwanese uh, technology company which is looking to build an artificial intelligence business unit um, based partially in Singapore. And one of the, the, the key decisions that they've taken is to base the senior leaders of that new business unit uh, here in Singapore, which I think is definitely uh, in no small part correlated with the development of the one path. However, in that same breath, that same uh, uh, client of ours is also looking to supplement and bring in uh, talent from different parts of Southeast Asia, for example, Indonesia and Vietnam, to supplement that higher and building up the rest of the team. Uh, and this is in true relocation of those talents from Indonesia or Vietnam into Singapore or through the construction of remote and distributed teams, tapping on the talent pools there. That's something that Lynch is helping them with. Ah, I'm glad you bring that up because I'm quite curious to see how this will impact our neighbouring countries. So does this mean that if, like, say, the Indonesia example that you brought up, so I shift the bulk of my operations to Singapore and, you know, this is in line with Singapore's ambition to be a hub for pretty much everything. What do I do then within Indonesia? What level talent do I retain here? What kind of operations should I continue here? I think the reality of our region is that I think different talent pools in different markets have complementary strengths, right? That's, okay. I think, the strength of South okay. Asia, the region. So I think Singapore plays a hub role, uh, often being the site of choice for companies to base their headquarters, regional headquarters, or um, some of the more senior leadership positions. Where technology is concerned, we typically see, you know, you would want to put your CTO or your VP engineering in Singapore, mm. or you want to play some of your more deep tech roles, uh, some of the more niche hires, experts, right, in Singapore. Mm. But typically, these, these individuals don't work in isolation, so they need to work with teams that they build out. Uh, in e-commerce, for example, we know that there's a vast pool of mid-junior levels of technology talent in terms, in terms of front-end developers, back-end developers, full-stack developers, of which Indonesia actually has been a great, great supply of in the last five to seven years. Uh, alternatively, you also have Vietnam, which is also increasingly known for its uh, mid-level technical skills, especially mm. in fields such as blockchain or crypto. Recently, of course, some market movements not so favorable, but it doesn't change the fact that the Web 3.0 is concerned. It's an incoming shift and the talent supply in Vietnam is actually very much prepared for that. So I think they're complementary strengths, right, depending mm. on what you build. And I think some of the more seasoned and savvy um, operators, uh, companies-wise, understand that. And Lynn very much is in the position of helping such companies to build out such remote and distributed and complementary teams 
leveraging on the strength of Southeast Asia as a region. Mm. I think also the lifting of a lot of these restrictions really comes at a great time because you can still have your so-called hybrid remote connection while you're having meetings. And then at the same time, if you need to fly in, hey, it's just a couple of hours away. No big deal. Uh, absolutely. I think uh, post-pandemic, I, I think I'm happy to to say uh, I think Southeast Asia has been very much at the forefront uh, of post-pandemic recovery. I think we see the easing of travel restrictions. We see the easing of cross-border collaboration. Mm. Uh, and I think business activity is returning uh, or has really returned very much to pre-pandemic. Mm. Uh, and you really see businesses taking advantage of that uh, in the region to build exactly that kind of cross-border distributed remote collaboration that you just Hmm. What kind of companies are we expecting to take advantage of the OnePass? Uh, I'm assuming it's tech-related or heavily tech-related. I think deeper than that, how can they ensure that they attract you know, the right talent? I, I think uh, I've, I've been on Money FM previously and I've discussed this in, in different forums. Uh, okay. I think at Glint's, what we see with our clients is uh, typically with technology today, it's not just about compensation. I mm-hmm. think there are things that you have to do around employer branding. There are things you have to do around learning and development. I think the new generation of workers, especially at the younger levels, I think they look for something more than just compensation. They look for um, flexibility of work arrangements to accommodate pro-family, uh, work-life balance. They also look for things like flexible working arrangements that accommodate the remote uh, and distributed work that, uh, conditions that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. So I think today you have to, as an employer, you really have to, to, to have the whole package uh, to be able to bring and draw technology talent into your fields. Uh, I think additionally, technology talent also look for challenges. You know, They look for exciting things and projects that they want to work on. So I think there's also the, an onus on employers to be able to communicate that effectively and sell that vision and purpose to, uh, to the workers. Mm. If we were to look at this one pass a little bit more macro in that sense, I mean, there are other countries that have launched their own visa immigration programs, maybe not quite related, but we've seen uh, digital nomad programs also being launched. How does this position Singapore in terms of overall competitiveness? I think uh, this, this is not something new. I think there's always been a contest for talent yeah. uh, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the most macro levels, right? And um, this contest didn't just start in the last few years. Uh, I think Singapore as a destination, and one thing that's great, I think, about Singapore uh, and what the government here has done is to always consistently uh, work in to build the foundations and the fundamentals to make Singapore an extremely attractive destination uh, for investment, for business, uh, and you know, if you look at Singapore today, we've got many, many advantages as a location in those yeah. respects, right? I think one of the things that people care about uh, when you talk about uh, global and highly mobile talent, you're, you're talking about people who care about standard of living, you're, think, you're talking about people who care about pro-family env- uh, environments to live in, you're talking about security and stability, you're talking about predictability, right? Mm-hmm. So I think all those things, Singapore compares very favorably, I think, uh, Again, some of the other locations and destinations which are also today, you know, doing their best to attract talent in and around the region. Uh, I think Singapore is in a pretty good place with respect to that. Mm. But I think going back to the earlier point, I think we have to understand and, and appreciate that notwithstanding Singapore's strengths, it is part and parcel of the region. So it's about tapping on the complementary yeah. 
qualities of the of the countries in and around Southeast Asia to really make for an, an attractive value proposition. Mm. And I think that's exactly where how we should think about it. Mm. Just a final question, Prelim, and I know you alluded to this right at the start. Um, as we talk about this one pass, your opinion of where or how this one pass could change in the future? How could it evolve? I, I think uh, what we might look to see is uh, a few more details and, and, and fine-tuning or tweaking when it comes to specificity around certain job verticals. Okay. So I talked a lot about the technology sector today mm. because I, that's where I think Glint has been most, uh, most involved in and we see that's where talent crunch issues are, are most pronounced in the last few years. Um, I think there's some specificities around, for example, the definition of outstanding achievements. I think that would be, we, we look forward to getting more details on that uh, from the government. I think there's some specificities around trying to target or um, address skills shortages mm. in, in more specific areas, right? I think those things would, would, would stand to come out. Yeah. And then lastly, I also think, uh, um, you know, the, the, this, this is a little bit downstream, but it's okay. around processing time. So I think even with uh, um, the current employment pass uh, process, I think the government has already announced more spe- more specific- specificity with regards to shortening of uh, application and processing times and commitments to uh, more transparency and certainty around outcomes. I think with the one pass, I think that, that surely has to come as well once the pass swings into motion in, uh, in 2023. All right. I've been speaking with Fue Lim Yo, who is Managing Director for Glintz. I appreciate your time this morning. Take care and have a great day. Yeah, thanks a lot, Elliot. Thanks for having me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.